the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of ED. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month of treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Lastly, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app gives you easy access to all of our picks, podcasts, and it's the exclusive place to enter all of our contests, including a $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store. What up, DGens and NBA fans? Dan Titus here with the NBA Gambling Podcast, hosted by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and I'm joined by the homie you know him well, sports nerd Munaf Manji. What's good, bro? How you doing on this Tuesday morning? Doing well, man. I'm a. It's like right when the like the our NBA games end on like the previous night. I'm like ready for like the next night and watch more basketball. It kind of sucks that as we're going like progressing, that's going to get less and less games, but. Um, you know, we had another night of hoops, and I'm excited for tonight to discuss it with you, man. How's everything going with you? Likewise, man. Like last night, uh, I think we saw. I mean, we'll we'll talk all about it um, with what we saw about the Nets and the Suns uh, coming coming out victorious in uh, their respective game one and game twos. But um, yeah, man, I think that this is like the prime schedule of of a lot of different sports coming together. You know, we got NHL going. MLB, I know you're very active in that, but NBA yeah. playoffs, man, there's nothing like it every day. Every day we got some hoops on, so I'm not I'm not complaining at all. So for yeah. today's show, we're just going to give a recap of what happened on Monday night between the Bucks and Nets and the, the Nuggets and Suns. Then we're going to recap game one uh, or game two of the Sixers and Hawks, see how that's going to go. You know, the Hawks took game one in Philly, so we'll see how we're going to handicap that one, as well as the Clippers and Jazz kick off their game one of the semifinals in the Western Conference. So going to be a, a really good matchup, thinking there's going to be a lot of varying opinions on where this series is going to go. So after that, we'll get into the prop shop as well as our best bets to close out Tuesday night. So with that, Munaf, I'll kick it off to you, man. Uh, let's start with the Bucks and Nets game. Were you surprised that that the Bucks pretty much didn't show up um, and that the Nets just continue to shoot lights out? I wasn't surprised. I mean, I was expecting this at the beginning of this of this uh, round two matchup between these two. I I knew that it may go six and seven because then when I was on with I think uh, with Ryan and Scott on Sunday night, I had predicted that Nets would get it done either in six and seven. Right now, the way it's looking, this might be a, a first round sweep. Um, am I more surprised at the? Bucks lackluster performance so far or the Nets performance I think it's half and half for me because when I was when I dug more into this matchup between these two teams I found it hard to believe that the Bucks had the proper guys or the players on defense to cover Kyrie and KD I we, I talked about this with Zach was that I didn't think PJ Tucker had it in his in his repertoire to guard a guy like Kevin Durant. When you have a seven foot guy that can get pretty much any shot he wants, he has the handles for it. 
uh, he was just cooking P.J. Tucker in game one and game two. He got him into early foul turbo in game two. And then Giannis tried to guard him, and, and that wasn't happening either. So, And then we've talked about Kyrie, who is just – I personally think has the best handles in the game by far. Um, Maybe ever. Yeah. Probably ever. <laughs> yeah. And and his, his crossover game, the way he's able to just stop on a dime, it's crazy. And Drew Holiday is going to have his hands full with that. Um, but you got to give a lot of credit, I think, to the guys outside of KD and Kevin, uh, sorry, uh, Kyrie Irving, that number one, Blake, the resurgence of Blake Griffin. I mean, it almost seems like he kind of fooled us because he was kind of like, looks like he's like saving his legs or his effort for, for this like he round. just didn't want to be in Detroit. Right. Like, and now he's like playing with some hoopers and it's like. Now we got yeah. the Blake that people were expecting, right? Crazy. Yeah, and, and, you know, he has these uh, dunks where he's just uh, getting it off of rebounds. He's dying for loose balls. So, you know, I told Zach this. I think that, you know, Blake Griffin, Mike James, and they're, and Bruce Brown and even Nick Claxton, you got to give a shout-out to those guys for what they've been able to do from game one to game two. Uh, what was your reaction from from these first two games? Yeah, I think you, you touched on a lot of good points, man. And I, I think it's really... I feel like the Bucks. I was on another podcast uh, talking to a Bucks fan, and it's mm-hmm. really to me they're missing the presence of Dante Divincenzo. Um, okay. I'm just looking at cleaning the glass and just looking at some of his metrics from earlier this season. I mean, he was in the 79th percentile um, in terms of steals on their team, uh, 84th percent in in fouls and in field goals on offensive rebounds and and field goal and, and field goal for defensive rebounds uh, yeah. percentage 80 80th percentile on all those metrics meaning yeah. he's just very good at getting in their defenders face getting defensive rebounds you know he's probably one of their most active fouls meaning that he's playing the most aggressive defense correct um there's just not enough on defense to stop them and to your point like I, i'm surprised that pj tucker is getting so much time on durant given how easy it is to just shoot over top of him he yep. backs him down and just turns it turns around and shoots that easy mid-range jumper all day. And that's not even to say, like, it doesn't even look like Kevin Durant's really playing very hard. Like, I know he is, but, like, he's not. He's it's doing effortless. it effortlessly. Yeah, it's it's so effortless. Go. Yeah. And when you have those role players stepping up, like, I mean, Mike James looks like a formidable backcourt or back backup point guard now. And oh, yeah. you got Landry Shamit playing extremely well. And I would argue we're witnessing prime Kyrie Irving. Like he's, okay. he's coming out of 50, 40, 90 for the regular season. Only mm-hmm. eight people have done that. That did 25 and five um, in terms of points and, and assists. And I just don't think they're just cooking, man. Like you can't, yeah. you can't stop them. And at this point, I think that Mike Boldenholzer is, is probably getting out coached by Steve Nash. We know from previous experiences in the playoffs that he doesn't do in-game adjustments. You know, Chris Middleton doesn't help that he's shooting for uh, 13 for 43 in two games. Yep. Who's going to step up for the Bucks? Because at this point, I'm watching a lot of Giannis trying to settle for jump shots because he can't get to the rim because of the play of like Nick Claxton and, and Blake Griffin. Yeah. And Durant. Durant's been playing phenomenal defense. So I don't know what they got to do to rewrite uh, their playing style right now, but they got to make some adjustments or else this is going to be a sweep. Um, I'm yeah. predicting right now this is looking like a gentleman's sweep. I think that they'll probably get one game in there. Yeah. But at this rate, you're right, man. I wouldn't be surprised at a sweep at this point. Yeah, and I tweeted this last night is that Giannis is trying to draw this contact. I understand trying to get the and one, but he's missed more times than not this series around the basket and getting to the free throw line. I mean, what is he trying to accomplish getting to the free throw line when you're shooting? Uh, I think it was, what, three of ten so far? 
uh, two of 10 from the free throw line so far in this series. So when your best player doesn't have a jump shot, he does, he can't make free throws. A lot of times players that are great offensive players that their shots aren't falling, they'll try to make get that contact against you at the free throw line, make some free throws just to kind of see the ball go into the basket. And maybe that translates for them on their jump shots and things like that. But with Giannis, he doesn't have a jump shot. Like early on in the game yesterday, he was pulling up, dribble, dribble, dribble down the court, stopping at three-point line. If he had the open shot there, he would take it. If not, take a couple dribbles in and jack it up for another jump shot. He's not a jump shooter. I don't think the Bucs are going to be able to win a championship with this guy as your number one because I just feel like he is a Ben Simmons on steroids. I was waiting for you to say it, man. Right? You're going to go there. I mean, we're, I know we're going to talk about the Sixers later, but that's the exact same feeling that I have, man. Like, they're not winning a chip with a guy that can't shoot. Same yeah. thing with the Sixers. I mean, fortunately, they have Embiid, but when Embiid's off the court, yeah. Ben Simmons can create all the points for his for his teammates. But in, when it comes down to the game time and crunch time, you need your all-star, your superstar, your all-NBA player, your defensive player of the year, whatever, yeah. to step up and be able to make free throws and make shots. And neither yeah. of those two dudes can do that. So I'm not buying it, man. Giannis can be, can be schemed out in the playoffs. They're a regular season team. They're going to mm-hmm. continue to be that until he gets – he gets a jump shot or they learn how to adjust in game because right now I just don't see it with Chris Middleton struggling. Drew holiday isn't playing particularly well. I think he'll step up and be better, but if, if it's, if it's not going right, it's, it's yeah. not going to be good for them. So, yeah. And, and if your best player struggling, like, I mean, Giannis numbers, if you just look at the box score, if you're not watching the games, they're good. But if you're right. actually watching the game, it's, it's not, it's not translating to, getting a lead or getting W's. And then when your number two and three guys are also struggling, we talked about Milton struggling and Drew Holiday. Um, that's not going to translate to wins also. So you take a look at the first two games, kind of to wrap it up, three-point shooting has pretty much been the key, right? Um, yep. Combined in the first two games, Bucks are 14 of 57, and then the yep. Nets are 36 of 81. So I think that's pretty much been the story that the Nets have the three-point shooters on this team. The Bucks right now are really struggling on offense. And when this team was so dominant in the regular season and even in round one against the Miami Heat, but now you're going up against the best team, a two-headed monster of KD and Kyrie, who number one are guys that can knock down three-point shots, hit jump shots, make free throws, create their own shot, and you can't stay in front of them. I agree with you, man. I think this might be wrapped up in, in five games. Last point for me, now you're asking the Bucks to go out and win four out of the next five games against this Brooklyn Nets team. Not happening. Not, not happening. Yeah, I'll just one one more thought. Um, you're yeah. mentioning how Giannis was, you know, dribbling down and then pulling up. Um, I think that there was probably two or three momentum killers because he did that um, yeah. in last game specifically. I'm just like looking at the screen, like why is he taking that shot when you were just starting to get some rhythm and getting some buckets to get back in the game and. Yeah, I think that their team is, is not going to be constructed well enough to take down this team. So I'm looking at for a series for a series correct score, man. I'm looking at that Brooklyn four to one at plus two thirty right now is looking real nice. Yeah. Um, you can get that sweep at four plus four fifty. So if you're a believer, I, all I know is that I know the Milwaukee is not going to get more than one game here, man. They look they look awful. Um, yeah. So let's kick it over to the other game that that uh, game one between the Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. Um, want to get your take but like i thought it looked like it was a very competitive game early you know the nuggets were really feeding Jokic in the post in the first half yeah. michael porter jr was getting busy before he tweaked his back but then the, it was the third quarter where the the suns just 
blew the, just blew them out of the water. And I think we saw fourth quarter who the man is and why he's known as the point God because Chris Paul just yeah. went off and, and put them to bed. But really what I'm impressed by is the, the play by DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton, man. Yep. This dude is a baller, man. He's not scared of Jokic. He's going toe-to-toe right with the MVP. Yep. And if he's doing that, you don't need Booker to score 30 points to win, right? And then you yep. have Macau Bridges, who's just – he's just the glue guy. Like, he's the X factor that can knock down threes. He plays phenomenal defense. And he, he was doing it all last night, man. I, I really like this Phoenix squad and just want to get your take on what do you think is going to happen in game two, thoughts on game one, and ultimately how do you think that this series is going to pan out? Yeah, I mean, you, you, if you watch the beginning of the game, I mean, Denver in that first half were, were going toe-to-toe with the Phoenix Suns, right? And then like you just mentioned, uh, the third quarter was, was pretty much a story. You take a look what happened in the third quarter with about seven minutes and about seven and a half minutes left in the third quarter. The Suns were down by nine points. They then went on a 25 to seven run in that quarter. And I believe they got up by eight or nine points and that was pretty much it. And then fourth quarter, like you said, point God just took over and, and they pretty much wrapped it up. I I had to take care. I was watching the, I watched up until the first half and then I was kind of keeping track of the score uh, on my phone. And then I think I saw when the nuggets came out hot in the second half, but then I checked my phone again, like all of a sudden the Suns were up by like 15 points. Um, and I kind of went back and watched it, but yeah, pretty much for this game, like you just, like we just said, it was that third quarter, fourth quarter point God took over. Mikhail Bridges in that third quarter scored 13 points. Four of the five starters for the Phoenix Suns scored 20 or more points. And when you have that type of scoring balance within your starters, you don't need Devin Booker, like you mentioned, to go out and drop 40, 45 points for you at night. Other guys stepped up last night. And then again, the market is not adjusting for DeAndre Aiden's points and rebounds. In a way, we, I was able to capitalize on that last night. Again, he dropped 20 points, 10 rebounds, um, went over the 25 and a half uh, points and rebounds uh, number that was set by the market. And like you mentioned, I think this was a season where we wanted to see DeAndre Aiden take that next step into developing in a basketball player. And he's really done that. I think you got to give, again, Chris Paul so much credit for the way he's, number one, handled the shoulder injury uh, that he suffered in round one against the Lakers. He's been able to get that treatment. Maybe, you know, in a couple games against the Lakers, he wasn't able to score. But with these two, three days off they had against uh, in between the time uh, for game one, he got the treatment. He looked effective last night. Um, what more can you say, man? I mean, just the first battle hall of fame point guard, uh, a player game two. Have you seen any news on what the status of, uh, Michael Porter jr. Is, or did he stay in the game or what happened? Uh, so Mike, uh, so Michael Malone was saying that he did tweak his back, that he should be okay, but they're going to look at it. So, okay. you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up on the injury report, given how much they got, uh, I don't know the way that the end of that game uh, concluded. I wouldn't be surprised if they get, they're going to have to get Michael Porter jr. Out there, but he does have a history with a back injury. I mean, that's yeah. what kind of held him up his rookie season. So yeah. certainly some concern there, but uh, we'll, we'll be monitoring the injury reports for sure uh, before yeah. their next game. Yeah. Last point for me on this game, Monte Morris last night, one of 10 from the field, that's not going to get it done. If you're going to try to compete and stay in the series against the Phoenix suns, great game six and seven against the Blazers. I believe he dropped 20 plus points in both of those games. But when you're trying, when you're supposed to be the the leader of the scoring in that second unit, and you go one of ten, that's not going to get it done. So he was a minus twenty eight last night. 
you're going to have to get improved uh, uh, performance out of Monte Moore. So, you know, that was pretty much it for, for me in this Phoenix game last night. That third, third, that third quarter and the second half pretty much was, was the story uh, in this game one. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm wondering, um, do you think that the, that the Denver Nuggets have a chance to, I mean, just, I mean, game ones are usually those statement games, but right. as we saw with the, the Clippers and Dallas Mavericks series, you can go down two games and still have a chance to take yeah. it in seven. Right. So yeah. do you see any glimmer of hope for the Denver Nuggets? Personally, yeah. I don't know that I do, man. I think yeah. it's really this. I think the Suns are going to be advancing to the Western Conference Finals here, man. They look at their okay. firing on all cylinders. And I was saying to um to uh stacking the money green and, and Kramer last night that, you know, if, if we're looking at, you know, long term view here, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be the Suns and the Nets in the finals. And I think that the Suns actually may be able to give them a competitive bout, man. Like they're they looked real tonight. And I think this was probably one of the better performances that they had after just taking care of the Lakers, which is no easy, easy thing to do. I know that they were a little bit hobbled, but I think they're going to yeah. be battle tested, proven by the time they get to Western Conference Finals. They're going to be a beast. Yeah. Um, you know, with the Denver Nuggets, I don't think you can ever count them out because last season we saw they were down three games to one and came back in both of those series. But that was with Jamal Murray. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But with the Denver Nuggets, they're a team that they just don't get rattled. Right. Yeah. They lost game one. Mike Malone is a fantastic coach. I feel like we're not giving this guy enough credit for what he's been able to do without Jamal Murray and a, a backcourt of Compazzo and Austin Rivers, right? They beat a fantastic Portland team. Um, they're going to come back and make the adjustments. I believe they may be able to get a game, maybe two games against this Phoenix Suns team, but I agree with you. I think the Suns are destined to get at least to the Western Conference Finals um going going forward against um this denver team so uh we'll see what happens in game two and i think definitely keep an eye out for michael porter jr uh injury and what the status is of him and, and again we're gonna have to kind of see if that's gonna kind of linger in game two and going forward in the series if that's gonna affect his shot or his ability to grab rebounds absolutely yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I have too much faith, man. I think this is where I think you hit the nail on the head. And I know ZB was talking about this for weeks. I think we're there's eventually going to be a point where the Jamal Murray, not having Jamal Murray on the yeah. court is going to take uh definitely going to take an effect and or make an impact. And I think that this is really going to be seen uh with so much firepower of this Phoenix Suns when they're when they're on fire, man. Like it's yeah. it's gonna be tough to beat them and stay competitive. For sure. All right. So let's let's take it to uh tonight's contest, man. We'll start off with the Atlanta Hawks visiting the Philadelphia 76ers game two Sixers lost by four in the, in the opening, in the opening match, the Hawks, man, they just came out scorching flaming hot. Couldn't stop Trey young. Couldn't stop Bogdanovich late in the game. We watched Clint Capella get busy. I mean, he's had success against the Sixers all season. John Collins had a really good coming out party. The Atlanta Hawks has played really well, and it, it looked like Doc Rivers was a bit confused earlier in the game about his rotations. He pulled out a lot of the starters, thinking that he would get some momentum out of their bench. That didn't happen, and they wound up getting down very early and then having to mount this improbable comeback that ultimately fell short. So what another so we'll bring it back to where we were talking about the Bucks and Giannis. I see Ben Simmons always in the game late in the games, and like his defense, like he got one critical steal. Uh, to help in that comeback attempt, but can't help but realize, man, this guy can't shoot clutch free throws. There yeah. were opportunities where he could have closed the gap a little bit more if he could make those free throws. I'm wondering where George Hill is, and I'm hoping to see more of him 
in the in the closing moments because he's that poised veteran that can play defense. He can make shots, and you can he's reliable from the line. So, um, just curious of what you're seeing from this game, man. I currently see the Sixers just moved up to six point six point favorites here, and um, see the oh see the uh, game total at two twenty three. Yeah. Believe. To 23 and a half, I see. So what are, you, what are you thinking about this game? How are you capping this one? Yeah, I think going back to game one, uh, I mean, the, like you said, the Hawks just came out on fire. They made 10 more three-pointers than the, the Sixers. They were 20 of 21 from the free throw line, and they hit 23-pointers. So when you have a team that's making 23-pointers and making all their pretty much all of their free throws, it's going to be hard to beat a team like that. I think the game two adjustments for the Sixers is going to be doing a – better job obviously defending the three-point line you can't give up 23 pointers to a team like the Hawks that do have knockdown shooters right Trey Young Bogdanovich um, Solomon Hill is a good underrated shooter from the corners John Collins hit three for them and then you have Gallo Lou Williams and then Kevin Herter coming off of the bench for them so they have lethal shooters all around um, all around this roster both on on the on the bench and the starting rotation um I think that's number one for me that Sixers are going to have to do a better job defending the three-point line. Um, and then I think another thing that we still haven't seen is that they need to make Trey Young play defense. We, we The New York Knicks didn't do that in round one. Yep. Make this guy play defense. We know he's not a great defender. Ben Simmons needs to go at him or they need to switch on a pick and roll and maybe get Tobias Harris on him or do something because they need to make this guy play defense. Tire him on the defensive end so he's not as effective on, on the offensive end where he really shines. And he's been probably a top three, top four player in this, in the NBA playoffs so far. Um, as far as tonight, I think we need to see a better shooting night from Tobias Harris and Daniel Green from the three-point line. They were combined one of eight in game one. Uh, Tobias Harris still dropped 20 points in game one. He was eight of 13, but he just didn't get done from three-point land. And hopefully this is not where we're starting to see Danny Green regressed because last season with the Lakers, he was just absolutely horrendous from the three-point line. So I'm looking for those two guys to shoot better from the three-point line. I'm really surprised to see what I saw out of the Joel Embiid in game one because I thought the the meniscus tear would be really bothersome for him, but he still dropped 39 points in that game. Um, and again, Ben Simmons, the funny part was is that in that those final kind of minute in game one, when the Atlanta Hawks were up by like four or five points, as soon as Ben Simmons touched the ball, they were fouling him and making them knock down free throws rather than having, you know, either Seth Curry or Danny Green knock down three-point shots and getting it closer that way. So Doc Rivers is going to have a, a decision to make when it gets down to clutch time in that final minute. Do you keep Ben Simmons on the floor or do you pull him off because his free throw shooting is absolutely horrendous? So I think that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, but again, I think for me in game two, the adjustment's going to have to be number one. The Sixers are going to have to come out and play better defense defending the three-point line. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. Um, I think this really comes down to defense and yeah. their ability to try to contain Trey Young, which kind of crazy. Like Tom Thibodeau just got recently named coach of the year. Um, but mm -hmm. when it came down to the playoffs, man, he had no answer for Trey Young. And I think that Sixers are still trying to figure that out as well. Yeah. He's the engine for that whole offense, man. So if you can yep. disrupt him, I think you'll have some success. But, I mean, the guy went for 35 and, and 10 yet again. So the way I'm capping this one, man, I'm going to take the Hawks, the five points. I'm going to take the Sixers on the money line because I do think that they will come away with the victory. I just think that, I don't know, 
Atlanta plays them well. They're a very good team. They're a deep team. They have some veteran leadership surrounding their young super, their young stars. Um, I'll be, I'm still looking at the injury report to see if DeAndre Hunter is going to be coming back because that's going to be a, a very critical player for them to get back into the fold. He actually grew up in the Philly area, so I'm sure he's playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder with some family in the building. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I just don't trust the Sixers to get this done um, in terms of, um, you know, six-point favorites. So yeah. give me six points on the, on the Atlanta Hawks. I'm also going to take the over in this game. Okay. Uh, mainly because you know these teams have just been it's been a shootout man they don't not much defense being played I think we have explosive people on more so on the Hawks side but if the Sixers are gonna have to keep up with that type of explosive offense you know they're gonna have to get buckets so I think yep. we saw it last game or actually their last uh their last few games uh their last two games have gone the over so mm-hmm. um I'm gonna take the over in this game at 223. Yeah, kind of just going off of that, I do like the Sixers team total over, I believe it's at 114 and a half. Um, that final score in 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 game one is kind of deceiving because they really, I think they the Sixers really tried to make it a game in that end where they got it down to three, but then the Hawks kind of pulled away. But I think the Sixers will come out and play well here in the first uh, quarter. So you might want to take a look at Sixers in the first quarter. Um, we did see, so I was watching the game on Sunday between these two teams. And then the second half, they were starting to double or trying to trap Trey Young when he kind of crossed the half court line or was trying to come off of those pick and rolls. Uh, when you have lengthy guys like Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, you're, you're going to be able to get some deflections uh, off of his passes out of that double team. So I'm kind of looking out for that here in game two also. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. I feel like this is a lot of points for this um Sixers team on the spread. I know the spread really hasn't mattered in these games uh, so far in the playoffs because if if a favorite is winning, it's been by a mile, and, and if right. if a dog is winning, you know they're they're just winning straight up. So uh, I think this number is going to continue to tick up for the Sixers. I currently see that total just moved to two twenty four. So I'll probably lock that in now. I agree with you. If this gets to seven, hopefully it gets a six and a half seven. I'll pull the trigger on the Hawks here, but I do agree with the money line. This could be a good parlay piece for you, that Sixers money line, uh, yeah. maybe for uh, another piece that you may like later on in the week. Absolutely. Yep. Good call. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get to the final game on Tuesday, which will be the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 in risk-free sports betting. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. And I'm just going to mention a WinBet line that I like tonight. I am taking the Los Angeles Clippers at plus four. Even better. Better odds at WinBet. Make sure you go over there, place your bet for anything you like for tonight's slate we're also brought to you by roman look no one's perfect even the best baseball players strike out with bases loaded the best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you there are options go to getromancom sgp now with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the comfort of and privacy of your home. 
A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving the home. Complete an online visit today to connect with your doctor and take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com SGP now and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com SGP. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. All right, Munaf, they got the game one of the top-seeded Jazz going up against the number four-seeded Clippers coming off a grueling seven-game series. The Jazz pretty much made pretty easy work out of the Memphis Grizzlies. I think the world at large was probably still surprised that the Memphis Grizzlies were as competitive or showed as competitively as they did considering they were you know, playing for their playoff lives in a playoff tournament, mm-hmm. a play-in tournament, excuse me. Um. But I'm, I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I can't, there's something about the Jazz that I'm just not believing in. And I don't know what it is because this team ranked in the top five in the NBA in offensive efficiency and defensive, defensive efficiency this year. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the game. I mean, they had the top seeded, they had the top seed in all of the NBA. So yep. what am I missing here? That's going to give me confidence that the Utah Jazz can take care of business. Like right now they're four point favorites to the visiting Los Angeles Clippers. But one thing is interesting is that Mike Conley is listed as questionable. He seemed to have tweaked his hamstring in the last game. That could be a big, a big piece for uh, the, the jazz if he's not able to go, but I want to see how you're capping this game. I feel like we're kind of underrating the Utah jazz this season. I mean, there were, they were the number one team in the entire NBA for the regular season for a reason. Um, yeah, you talked about in round one how Memphis was able to really keep it competitive um, with this Utah Jazz team, but it just wasn't enough, right? And I think you hit the nail on the head that this is another great three-point shooting team that the Dallas Ma- – or sorry, Dallas Ma- – the U- the Los Angeles Clips are going to have to go up against maybe an even better three-point shooting team. Um, Donovan Mitchell, man, I, th- I think this guy is is – a flat out superstar in this league. He's just not getting that recognition this season uh, or in, throughout his entire career. This guy plays with a chip on his shoulder every single night. And I just love watching this guy play um, for at least for game one. I can't bet against Utah at home because I feel like they are such a great home team. Number one, that they were 35 and six in the regular season. They won every single game at home, I believe, except for game one without Donovan Mitchell in round one. But you got to take a look at the pieces that are around this Utah Jazz roster with a three-point shooting, right? We know Donovan Mitchell can knock down shots. Joe Ingles was, I think, tops in this league this season in three-point shooting. Bogdanovich speaks for himself. Um, not having Mike Conley, I think is going to be a, a problem for the Utah Jazz far depth, but then you have Mr. Green light, Jordan Clarkson coming off of the bench for them. Um, I think I have two questions and I think this is a good discussion point for us right now is number one is Royce O'Neal. I believe he'll be matched up on either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Is he number one going to be able to contain either one of those guys or try to limit them? And number two, how are Utah Jazz going to use the size that they have in the front court with Rudy Gobert and 
Deion, uh, Derek Favors coming off of the bench to their advantage. This is gonna. I think this is gonna be a great X's and O's matchup between Quinn Snyder and Ty Lue. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on at least those two points that I kind of thought of uh, today when I was kind of breaking this series down. Yeah, it's it's a good question because the one thing that's that's kind of hurting my my argument for Royce O'Neal is that we we don't have a big sample size of him guarding against Paul George and Kawhi, or Paul yep. George specifically. They missed the first game. Or was it the second game of this game. of their second game, right? Yeah. And the third game, the Clippers won. First game, Jazz won. So um at full strength and at, at playoff mode, I feel like Royce O'Neal is a very good glue guy type player. Like he'll hit a couple big threes. He plays very good defense. He rebounds extremely well for his position. Is he enough to stop Paul George? I don't I feel like and maybe I'm just drinking too much Kool-Aid, but I feel like this is where this is where the rubber meets the road. And this is why you acquire an all-star like Paul George, like Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard. This is where I think that they're going to show their true. I think this is going to be the superstars where they actually show up. And if we're going to, if you're going to ask me gun to my head, can Royce O'Neal stop Paul George? I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, in a seven game series, I think it's going to be competitive, but yeah. I just think that there's more talent on the Clippers in terms of uh, the championship pedigree and the playoff experience that's going to be required to win this series. Outside of Mike Conley and and Donovan Mitchell, I mean, last year, yeah, he had a nice little bubble run. But, like, it's really just Mike Conley that's got probably the most playoff experience on this team. Sure. Um, besides, like, maybe, yeah, no, Derek Favors, maybe. He was in, yeah, back in the day possibly yeah, with but, the old Utah jazz, but like he doesn't really play that much. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I just don't, if Mike Conley's hobbled, I think that we're going to see, a, I mean, I think this is going to be a really good matchup first mm-hmm. off because both teams are extremely good at shooting the three. They love shooting the three. We yeah. saw Reggie Jackson kind of come out a little bit out of his shell. He kind of passed Rajon Rondo a bit in terms of playing time and starting that, that starting point guard position. Um, I think that this is ultimately going to be, a chess match between Ty Lue and, and Quinn Snyder, like you, like you stated. And I think just given Ty Lue's experience and his relationship with the players, I think he's going to get them motivated to, to take it to the Utah jazz. I think that they're actually going to punch him in the mouth a little bit. Cause that's the way you get, that's the way you beat them is that you get Gobert off the floor. He's not, yeah. I mean, he's a great defender, but it's not like he can't get into foul trouble. And sure. the way that Kawhi Leonard is constantly playing downhill shooting mid-range jumpers, you know, Paul George is really good at attacking the rim, pump faking, drawing contact, hitting open guys for for passes. I think that that's going to be the recipe for success for them. So, um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how they deploy Gobert because he could be very effective in terms of, you know, who's really going to stop a seven foot two guy. It's not going to be Zubac. Like he's yeah. not, he's not built enough to stop Gobert. Like really in the post. So. Yeah, I, I still feel like it's gonna be a it's gonna be a competitive matchup, but I, I I tend to agree. I'm gonna take the Clippers points here, but I think the Utah Jazz are gonna come away with the victory on their home floor, game one. You know, as we stated, the, the the Clippers are coming off a very grueling series. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, a bit tired, maybe need a, a couple games to get their feet back or yeah. get their legs back. But I think ultimately I think the, the Jazz are gonna take this one, but I think the Clippers are gonna be competitive enough because I think they match up better with this team. Than, than someone like Dallas who, you know, yeah. Luca was the best player on the court. Yeah, I think 
I want to say, I think obviously the supporting cast or the role players or the Clippers are better than the Utah Jazz as far as bench play. We're like, it's going to, I want to see what the starting lineup is going to be for the Clippers, whether they insert Beverly back into that starting lineup to maybe match up with Donovan Mitchell and then have right. Reggie Jackson and uh, Terrence Mann coming off that bench. And then it'll be interesting to see if even DeMarcus Cousins gets some run in this uh, in this playoff series to match up with maybe Rudy Gobert because he has that toughness. But, um, yeah, I think the Jazz will win game one because when you typically when teams are coming off of game seven and the type of series that they just had with the Dallas Mavericks where it took just a lot for them to come back from being down 0-2 and then being down three games to two to get it to game seven, um, I think this – at least for game one, I do like Utah at home. I just can't bet against this Utah team being at home in game one. So I'll take the Jazz uh, minus the points at home uh, in game one. Um, as far as the total, I kind of want to see what the what the pace is going to look like early on. And I think this is a bit a will be a great live opportunity for you to see because these two teams are pretty good three-point shooting teams, right? We saw that the right. uh, Clippers were... I think number one as far as percentage and then in, as far as makes per game, I think Utah was number one during the regular season. So, again, another series where three-point shooting is going to be uh, a key for both of these teams. Um, but I'm excited for this series, man. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm a little more higher on the Utah Jazz than I think uh, you and then the guys on the mothership and I think um, Zach were also. But I'm going to give um the jazz you know a little bit of fight in this game maybe clippers get it done in six but i won't be surprised if this gets to another seven game series for the clippers yeah man i gotta i gotta keep i gotta keep riding with my boys here i did pick the clippers to win it all uh which is freaking crazy they're testing my patience in that (laughs) first round so they got a grueling matchup man like two consecutives to go up against the dallas mavericks and then go through another you know, potential series with the Utah jazz, man, it's, it's going to be a tough road to get there. Um, but yeah, I tend to, uh, I tend to agree in terms of the, the game total, um, seeing it at 220, and it hasn't really moved much. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised because both of these teams can get, uh, can get very good in terms of defensive, uh, matchups. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, uh, somewhat of a different, a different flow. I mean, the first three games, I'm sorry, the first two games in the in the regular season, both games went under yeah. and the first game was under two was the game total was 220. So, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they're this is just a dogfight, you know, in, in game one. But being that the Clippers just came off that seven game series, you know, they probably were just going to try to outpace and, and, and keep their tempo up and try to outscore them. Uh, but the second game was the third game was a push. So, yeah, you know, these teams definitely play good defense. Wouldn't be surprised if they, it just becomes a flurry from three. So I think this is one of those things you're just kind of have to monitor, you know, first quarter, second half, we'll see how the, how that kind of had how the game flow was going and then kind of make a decision from there. I think that um, we've seen, at least in the round one matchup between the Clippers and the Mavs, I think that that first quarter and the first half were a lot more higher scoring than the second half because right the defensive intensity went up in that second half um, and then the pace kind of slowed down in that second half also. So I am currently seeing a 112 uh, first half uh, over under. I kind of do like that over in the first half uh, for the, for game one and maybe that, that pace and then some tired legs show up for the Clippers in the second half because they are number one coming off that seven game series. Like we just talked about it. And then this, the altitude might, it might get to, um, 
you know, the Clippers team that second half and something that they'll have to get adjusted to as the series goes along. Right. And for, I guess for an, a long-term look, so what do, what do you, you said, you think that the Clippers are ultimately going to get it done. Um, yeah. Do you, so you don't have enough, you didn't, you you're not betting on the jazz to win this series. No, I'm not. Um, I know when we did our little, uh, our bracket challenge, I had the Clippers getting to the NBA finals. So I got to stick with that. Right. Um, <laughs> let me take a look at the serious price here. If there's an exact results here, I don't see it. I, I think if you think the Clippers win this series, wait till I would wait till after game one, because I think we both think that they're going to lose this game. It'll be a right. close one in game one. So you might be able to get a better price as far as exact results or, or serious price results. But uh, I'll say Clippers get this done. I think it'll go six or seven, but let's just say Clippers and I'll go Clippers in seven again. I mean, this team has a, a tendency to prolong a series than it really needs to. And then it, and, and then Ty Luke just kind of waits where this team is down. Oh, two to make those adjustments. So I I'll go with, uh, I'll go Clippers in seven. Yeah. The Clippers in seven currently seen at plus 500. So, you know, if you do think that they're going to lose game one, man, it's that's only going to go up um, yeah. by 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 the next game. So, yeah, let's um let's kick it to the prop shop, man. Want to know what plays you want to talk about? I got a couple off the dome here okay. with the Sixers and the Hawks game that I want to share. But um, what yeah. you got on? What do you have on deck? Why don't you kick it off for the okay, first, cool. first game? Yeah. So I think we have a supremely underpriced. Uh, market here for Joel Embiid in a couple of different uh, places. Um, you mentioned earlier on, it's like you were really surprised at the way that he looked on playing on a torn meniscus. And I echo that sentiment. Um, he looked amazing. 39 points really dominated. And it just shows like how, how much this, this means to him, which is great yeah. to see, man. I wish Ben Simmons had a similar hunger and will to, uh, to, to get out there and do what needs to be done to get W's. But um, I'm currently seeing his points line at 29 and a half. And if we saw anything from the first, the first game, they're going to be feeding him all night long. And yep. he truly can't be stopped on defense. And even though they have a pretty formidable uh, front court in Clint Capella and John Collins, Joel Embiid is just a beast. And he's yeah. had a lot of success against the Atlanta Hawks this season. I don't see any reason to think that he's going to have a um, a dud here unless he obviously tweaks his, his knee or something like that. God forbid. But, you know, everything that I saw uh, passed the test to me. I think that you're getting extremely good value getting uh, Joel Embiid under 30 points. So, um, you know, I'm going to lock him in for 30 plus, man. He's going to drop a 30 piece special. The next one I got for him that I was actually very surprised about was his rebound line. Currently seeing it at nine and a half. I think I got to hammer this over, man. I think he's going to have at least 11, 12 rebounds today. Um, I'm expecting that the Sixers will play better defense. And as, as a result of that better defense should be more defensive rebound and offensive rebound opportunities. Um, he is their top rebound getter. And I think he's going to have a field day um, on the glass, being very aggressive and having one of those MVP like games. Wouldn't be surprised if Joel went off for 35 and 35 and 12, you know, to, to really even out the series and, and get the victory on their home floor before heading to Atlanta. So those are my two picks off the cuff, 29 and a half points, Joel Embiid over nine and a half rebounds over. I wrote down the exact same one for the points prop for Joel Embiid. So I'm not even going to handicap it. I'll leave it to the prop. God, Dan, Dan Titus. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I am also on Joel Embiid over the points prop. Uh, 
The second one I had for this game was going to be Ben Simmons uh, over on his assist prop at eight and a half. Um, we saw he dropped 10 dimes in game one. And I think that uh, if he's not going to be effective on the offensive end, the only thing for him to do is kind of become that distributor and uh, get the, his guys in the right spot. And I think that Tobias Harris and, and us, um, Danny Green will be able to knock down their three-point shots. And hopefully those are passes coming from Ben Simmons. So um, I'm going to take uh, Ben Simmons over the eight and a half assists for tonight. And then just echoing off of you for this game, uh, Joel Embiid over the points. The one I like also did, uh, sorry, did like was Tobias Harris over 21 and a half points. Um, he's been really good this season. I think we haven't talked about how, how good he's been all season long. And I think this is a game where he also kind of has to step up for the 76ers um, in, in this game. In game one, like I talked about, he did have 20 points on nine of 13 shooting, but only I think he was only like one of four from three-point land. So expect him to have another good night. You only need 22 or 23 to, for this prop to hit. So um, another guy to uh, definitely keep your eye on is Tobias Harris over on his uh, points, uh, points prop. I like it. Yeah, man, he's been playing very well. Um, I see that he's gotten over 23 points in two of his uh, six games in the playoffs. But, you know, some of those were blowout scenarios. And, um, you know, I think in, in the, with the back against the wall, which they haven't really been in that scenario yet, mm -hmm. um, I think they really need this game. So they're going to need their best, their second best offensive player to really step up. So he had a great, really good game uh, last game. You know, shot eight for 13, 10 rebounds. Sure. So wouldn't be surprised if he was a little bit more aggressive, finding more opportunities to score the rock. Yep. Um, going to take a quick break here from our sponsor, and then we'll get into our final plays for the prop shop. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on, NBA, on the NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup future for 45 bucks when the team went down 3-1 against the Maple Leafs. A few days later, he flipped it for 600 with PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. It's now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Plus, the app is the exclusive way to enter all of the SGPN contests including our SGPN $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just download the app and hit the contest tab for your chance to take home $1,000. Don't forget to, to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, Munaf, the final game on the slate here, the Clips and the Jazz. What prop do you like from this game? Uh, I got to start with the superstar in this game, which is going to be Donovan Mitchell. Um, being at home, 28 and a half points. Uh, he's been absolutely dominating in this first round against the Memphis Grizzlies when he came back from that ankle injury. I expect that to continue tonight, despite the Clippers having the guys that can kind of slow him down, whether they throw a Batum at him or if it's Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. But 
man. I, I just love the way Donovan Mitchell plays. He, he just finds different ways, different ways to score the basketball, whether it's getting to the free throw line or knocking down mid-range jump shots or even three-point shot. Um, I'm, that's the first prop I'm looking at for Donovan Mitchell. And he had a great first series against the Utah, sorry, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies too, right? Trying to kind of pull up his, um, his points uh in that first round here give me one second he averaged 28 and a half in those first or in the four games that he did play 30 30 29 and 25 so um he did only average 20 about 25 points against the uh clippers in the regular season but the playoffs are a different animal and we know what he's capable of in the nba playoffs so i'll start it off with donovan mitchell over 28 and a half points I like it, and I'm going to keep it on the superstar tip as well. I'm going to go Kawhi Leonard over 27.5 points. I think this is understated, man. I think it's clear one person who is the alpha of the Clippers is Kawhi Leonard, and this man is hungry. He's going for that third chip. Um, Man, I just don't see any person that can stop this man, and as well as the Utah Jazz are playing defense. Um, I think Kawhi Leonard is a man on a mission. He's playing outstanding basketball, saving his best for the most crucial time of the season. And, you know, he's coming off a series where he averaged over 30 points a game. So give me Kawhi Leonard over 27 and a half points. Think that he's going to get 30, much like Joel Embiid here. I I think we're kind of discounting, at least the books are, of how incredible his performance was in game six. Down that stretch against the Mavericks, man, he was just knocking down every shot, whether it was mid-range and, yeah, Mm -hmm. three-point. He single-handedly took that team to get it to game seven. And like you said, it's starting to look like this. the Kawhi Leonard we're seeing right now is a player that we saw when he was with the Raptors when they made their championship run. So uh, if I was was a Utah Jazz, I would definitely uh, be in their video room trying to find a way to stop this man if you could. Um, My second prop... For this game, I'm looking at Reggie Jackson over two and a half three-point shots made. Um, when he was inserted into the starting lineup for the uh, Clippers in round one against the Mavericks, um, he made, from game two on in that series, he made a minimum of three point, three, three, three-point shots in every single one of those games. Uh, game five, he had six. Game four, or sorry, game three, he made four. In every other game, he made at least three. He's also getting the attempts, right? I think Reggie Jackson, another guy that has a green light for this team to get up as many attempts as he can. I believe he averaged uh, close to eight three-point shots in in that round one matchup versus the Mavericks. Um, and asking him to make two and a half, where I think in game one, where you're going to need to find another score or a guy to make shots, I think Reggie Jackson might be that guy. Um, the only question for me is going to be if he's still going to get the start for this team uh, in the starting lineup, or is it going to be Pat Beverly? But I believe, I think, I still think it'll be Reggie Jackson. Don't fix, don't try to fix something that's not broken, right? So uh, I'll go with Reggie Jackson over two and a half, three point shots made. I like it, man. And I want to give a shout out to Jake Paquin of, of the uh, SGPN crew, man. He's always active in the Slack channel. He, he was live with us last night. He, he threw out Paul George's name for his points prop. Um, I'm going to yeah. slightly pivot off of it, but I like that he's, he's eyeing Paul George. I'm going with Paul George over two and a half, three pointers. And sure. to be honest, man, like 
when I was looking at the line, I'm like, oh, this guy's been in such a rut. He didn't shoot well uh, from distance in against the Dallas Mavericks. But I, I have hope for him, and mainly because we watched the Memphis Grizzlies attempt 10 three point uh attempt 31 three pointers per contest against mm. the the Utah Jazz and only hit 10. The Clippers are a way better three point shooting team than the Memphis Grizzlies and I think we're going to see Paul George be a little bit more have a little bit more opportunities to uh get his shot open especially with Kawhi Leonard penetrating dishing. I think we're going to see the the Utah Jazz having to stretch the court a little bit more than they had to against the Memphis Grizzlies where they just really weren't good three-point shooters. So I think Paul George is going to get hot. I think we could see him hit a couple corner threes pretty early. Um, so right now I, I see it at minus 107. I'm going to take the over here. I think he could get at least three and a half, maybe four. That's what I'm eyeing for the projection uh, for Paul George hitting those threes. So uh, give me the over on Paul George three-pointers. Yeah, and it almost seemed like a, he got off to a good start in that round one series, but then it, it almost seemed like in game, I think game six or game seven that he didn't shoot the ball well, but it was just enough for them to get the victory. So mm-hmm. I, I think now get that monkey off of back off of their back in round one. Now just, just have Paul, just come out and play, man. Just, just be yourself. Right. And I think that that's a great look on his three point shots. And he's a pretty good knockdown three point shooter too. So I think we talked about earlier when we were proving this series is that three point shooting with these two teams is going to be, probably the key because we're like we talked about Utah jazz number one in makes and Paul or uh, the Clippers are number one. in I believe uh three point percentage made uh, on the season. I like that call, man. I think uh, Paul George should, should come out and ball um, my second one or my third one for this game. Um, was looking at Kawhi Leonard rebounds over seven and a half. Um, is Zubac is not going to be in the starting rotation. I think, I think he may get the start because they, they need a quote unquote, a body to defend Rudy right. Gobert. Um, so those rebounding opportunities may not be there, but we take a look at what Kawhi did in round one. He averaged 7.9 rebounds in that first round series. He averaged, I believe, um, I think he has close to seven in the regular season. Yeah. Six and a half. Sorry. No, we see 10 and a half against the two regular season matchups between these two teams. So I think Kawhi Leonard will continue to rebound the ball. Well, um, hopefully there's a lot of opportunities with three point shooting that the Utah Jazz have to Kawhi to grab some rebounds here. So my last one for this game will be Kawhi Leonard over seven and a half rebounds. I like that, man. Way to finish it out. Cause I, I was actually, that was the one I was tinkering with. I was like, do I want to go with Kawhi's points or the rebounds? And, um, yeah. I'm glad one of us chose, but or we chose both of them. So that's it's a great call, man. I think that that was the the value for Kawhi Leonard along with his points. Um, still think that the markets haven't adjusted for his rebounding, um, his rebounding success that he's had in this yep. playoffs. All right, so let's kick it to the best bets, our locks for tonight. Munaf, I'll kick it off with you. What is your lock for the night? Um, let's see, man. I, I kind of like two here. So I'm going to go with the Sixers team total over 114 and a half. Um, I think that's a little conservative for this team. I know they dropped 124, but a lot of some of those points did come in those final two minutes in game one, but I expect them to shoot a lot better from three point land between Tobias Harris and Danny Green. Um, and then I think Seth Curry will continue to be Seth Curry. So um, give me the 114 and a half over the points for the Philadelphia 76ers. And my second one, I'll give you two here tonight. Um, 
I'll take that first half over in the Clippers and Jazz game. Currently sitting at 112, uh, again, with these two three-point shooting teams. We saw in the first round series between the Clippers and the Mavericks how the first quarters in the first half were a lot more higher scoring, and they're playing a lot looser in the first half versus the second half where they really tighten down on defense and kind of slow the pace down. So um, when you have these type of teams that are really good at three-point shooting, that'll translate to points. It'll just be about makes and miss, but um, I think that we'll, we'll see some good shooting tonight between these two teams, and I'll take that first half over the 112 uh, for game one between these two teams. I like it. And my best bet, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. I see the, 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 the numbers already creeping again. Now they're up six and a half, um, six and a half point dogs. And I like them to at least remain competitive enough to cover that, to cover that spread yep. um, for the game total that I like. I'm going the over of the Atlanta Hawks and Philadelphia 76ers game. I think we saw that there's going to be a lot of offensive offensive power here and if even if the Sixers come correct and play better defense I still think they're going to put points on the board so um, this game has gone over in our last two I'm going to th- I think it's going to go uh, in the in the next three so uh, that will be my best bet for that and just to throw a flyer in there I like the Utah Jazz to score 28 and a half points in the first quarter of oh. the Clippers game uh, I think that they're going to come out hot based off of what we were talking about and you know, the Clippers having to come off of game seven, travel to Salt Lake. Um, I think we're going to see them have a slight bit of a lag coming out of the first quarter. And I think that the Jazz are going to put buckets, um, put, put points on the scoreboard. So give me the Jazz first quarter, 28 and a half points over. I like it, man. Yeah, you're right. You hit the nail on the head on that Jazz one, man. They usually come out on fire in that first quarter. So Hopefully they score like 40 or 45 points in that first quarter. Right? Helped, helped me out. For my That's going to look half. great for Donovan Mitchell, right? <laughs> yeah. And it also looks good for that first half over. So uh, sure. I like that play, man. All right. So that will conclude our Tuesday show. Check out ZB and Munaf tomorrow. We'll be capping the, uh, Wednesday, the Wednesday slate. And then we'll uh, check back on Thursday, man. We'll be doing it all over again. So make sure you hit the Slack channel. Give us your best plays your best fades and uh let it ride peace basketball give me give me give me